0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Innovation Tech Talks presented to you by Amran, a leader in healthcare technology. I'm your host, Corey Knowles. Today's special guest is Lucas Van Ingen. Lucas is a veteran actor who most recently starred in the hottest new docudrama on the planet, We Own This City on HBO Max. If you haven't seen it, you're going to want to before this is over. Uh, he plays real-life federal prosecutor Leo Wise, who prosecuted mass corruption in the Baltimore City Police Department, specifically in the Gun Trace Task Force. Uh, he's been featured on many shows over the years, and also founded the Brownstone Class in New York City for aspiring actors. Lucas, how you doing, man?
1: Hey, man, I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me.
0: You bet. Thank you. We're we're excited. Yeah. I finally finished the show today, and I was like, oh it worked God. out great.
1: <laughs> way to go I'm glad it all worked out for you
0: oh yeah worked out great <laughs> I, I, I guess to start this let's kind of start back at the beginning tell me when did you know you wanted to be an actor
1: um yeah so I I like to say acting was my fallback plan because <laughs> I tried everything else and um, so I was I've been acting since I was 13 and um, I I uh, I was also good at math. I also built stuff in my home. I was was very active in, and I grew up in South Bend, Indiana and people from South Bend, Indiana, while they may run for president, Pete Buttigieg, they they don't become uh, famous actors. So it just like wasn't in my world that this could be a possibility. So, you know, when my high school friends said, what are you gonna do with your life? I said, I'm gonna go to school, become an engineer, get married, have kids, and she laughed in my face. And she said, why wouldn't you be an actor? And I, I just said, because how do you make a living being an actor? Um, but I went to college. I kept acting. And uh, engineering didn't work out for me. I was, uh, while I was trying to be an engineer major, I was um, acting in every play, writing music. I was um, a language minor and um, a music minor. And uh, I just kind of burnt. Yeah, I just kind of burnt out on on all of the work I had given myself, and the only thing I was doing that was that remained was plays and music. And um, I considered that doing nothing um, until I until I surrendered to the fact that actually that's just what I wanted to do with my life.
0: Oh wow! Engineering to acting is an interesting hop there. You know. Yeah,
1: and gratefully. I I went to a a liberal arts college where they had both, essentially. They had their uh, Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a a fantastic engineering department. Uh, All of their students go straight from school to employment. Um, It's a great track. Yeah. Um, but it's a liberal arts school, so they have several majors there. And they didn't have a, an acting major when I was there, but they had a communications major. So I was a communications with a focus on theater. I was in the plays. I was on the improv team. Um, I eventually became the captain of the improv team. And we performed uh, at that school and in the surrounding area uh, in Michigan. So,
0: Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, uh, let's talk a little about We Own This City, man. Let's do uh, it. I loved it. It uh oh I'm so glad I had I had no expectations. I knew very little about it, and I thought, let's just dive in and holy smoke, man. Um and you played Leo Wise, the yeah. attorney who prosecuted it all. What was it like coming into that kind of a role?
1: It's an intense story, right? So yeah, fortunately, um David Simon, George Pelicanos are such good writers. Um it's an intense role. It's an intense drama. It's, it's, it's all true. Uh, nothing is embellished in this show, which is heartbreaking. Uh, Yes. so, and so fortunately there's such good writers that it really, as soon the script does all of the work. If I can just get out of the way, that's, that's immediately what I realized with this script. In fact, um, I, I, I can't remember if I, it was, I did the audition, I did the callback, and then I then I had the role, and then somebody mentioned something about dialects, and I thought, oh no, sh- does does Leo Wise have a dialect? Maybe I should get his dialect. So I I started looking. At, you know, I'd already looked up Leo Wise, but I thought, where? What part of? He's from South Jersey, but or North Jersey actually. But where? But what's that accent? Was it? If, and I did the whole thing, and I got all the manners. And I did everything, and I and I my wife is uh, Jensen Smith, is a fantastic actor, and I sat down with her, and I said, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna deliver this to you like. Um, like actual Leo wise with his mild dialect. And then I'm just going to do me. So I did a few lines as Leo wise. And then I did me and she was like, just do you honey. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's so, why we need to be married. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and thank God because, um, and that's what I mean. The script, if I can just get out of the way, this, the script is well-written and does all of that work for me.
0: Sometimes the truth's crazier than anything you can make up.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. And this is a
0: good example of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I would argue it did so well that, that several times I had to remind myself, this is real. This really happened. That's the thing. Yeah. I was, I was so so sucked into it as a, as a viewer. Yeah. That on several occasions I was like, my God, that guy's real. (laughs) Uh, it's crazy,
1: About- and John Bernthal does a wonderful job portraying him. I mean, and oh. and really, I mean, I don't want to overstep, but he did a good job. He did a good job playing who that guy, you know, who 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 that man really is. I always
0: joke that he is a, he has a Bruce Dern caliber ability to be an unlikable character.
1: He's incredible, uh- <laughs> but you oh. still you still you don't want to like stop watching just because you don't like Emmy. It's more, yeah. he's a, he's incredible. I, I became such a fan of John Bernthal. Let me just put a pitch in there for him. The man, <laughs> the man is on the streets. Like he's the real deal. Like he, he, he has a podcast where he's bring he brings in and sorry, John, if I get the details wrong, but he brings criminals and, and police officers together, um, to engage in conversation, gangsters and police officers to engage in conversation around awesome. uh, these topics. He has another, um, podcast where he brings um i think it's called the other side where he brings in people who don't have the same opinions political opinions and you know how difficult that is in the today to have those conversations he built a podcast around that conversation so um you know i I became such a fan because that's exactly the kind of actor i want to be somebody who uh who, who who's offset um values and beliefs and and way of being it matches what they're doing on set and and i i felt that from him
0: That is awesome. I uh, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I'm gonna unnecessary
1: unnecessary pitch for John Bernthal. (laughs) That's okay,
0: man.
1: (laughs) I just became such a fan, yeah.
0: Well, hey, we'll be right back after this quick message from our sponsors at Omron. Thanks for watching. Today's episode of Innovation Tech Talks is brought to you by Omron. Omron is a world leader in technology designed to solve social issues, improve lives, and build a better tomorrow. They serve a range of industries which utilize their technologies to innovate and grow factory automation, healthcare, mobility, and energy management. In the industrial automation business, Omron Technology demonstrates the power of machines to unleash human potential, pursuing the ideal in automation in which people and machines are working together in harmony. Omron provides sensing, control, safety, vision, motion, and robotics technologies for the automotive, food and beverage packaging, semiconductor, electronics, life sciences, and infrastructure industries. For over 80 years, Omron has helped industrial businesses maximize potential by solving problems with creativity. Learn more go to automation.omron.com. That was, that was super interesting. I didn't know any of that.
1: Yeah, I didn't either until I started working with. Him. He came to my trailer and just started talking me up, and it's just <laughs> such a yeah, he's such a relatable guy. We just like hit it off, you
0: know. And all I remember him as is is Shane on The Walking Dead,
1: exactly. And
0: and I was like, that was a bad dude, man.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the show is great and and quite the eye opener. Was there any yeah. sense of the gravity of this type of production, working on set, the importance of getting things right, absolutely. For the record,
1: in this, absolutely. Well, a lot of the um, a lot of the cast, you know, lived through the kinds of traumas that are recorded in this show, and HBO under Nina Noble, um, one of the producers, the onset producer, um, did such a fantastic job of. Creating a safe environment that really respected um, the depth of what we were doing um, on set, and gave actors a space to breathe through all of that um, and bring their truth. Um, so I just really uh, had so much admiration for the way this the way this was run this uh, the shooting of this show. It was it was really done very respectfully and with um, and out of respect for the gravitas of it.
0: And, and I guess the, the real truth of the show is that it's not just Baltimore. It's something that's happened. I, I mean, I guess not every police department, but just like in any job, there are bad apples. Uh, and in, in this instance, they're promoting them for bad behavior, shuffling them to other departments. I, it was kind of shocking. What, what was your reaction as you read through that script?
1: Yeah. Um, well, first I read through the book by Justin Fenton. Uh, we own this city that it's based on, and he 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 lived through this and reported very closely on all of these incidents, right? And um, you know, this came right out of the pandemic pandemic out of um, after George Floyd and um, and everything that followed, and um, all of the protests and and so forth. I mean, it was, it's, it's a hot time and this stuff is packed and uh, I have my own opinions on it, but, um, but more importantly, um, Justin Fenton and uh, George Pelicanos and David Simon just presented the facts of this case, right? As a highlight to what's going on in, in America. And it's, it's all true. And, um, and it's it's astounding um and i'll just add you know to the bad apples comment i'll add that this um what this what this story highlights for me is that the the resulting bad behavior um is actually um a result of the quote war on drugs um and and what a policy at that level the the repercussions that it had on on the ground level
0: yeah yeah, and that's true. That was we're going to be feeling the effects of the '80s war on drugs for a very long time still. I'm afraid. I mean,
1: yeah, with a war on drugs, there has to be casualties, right? Both yeah. um, a war has casualties. It has casualties with the enemy. First of all, there's enemies, right? We yeah. have to have enemies if there's a that's war, right. and there's going to be civilian casualties as as well. And that's just part of having a war. and, yeah. and here we, and here we see it played out
0: yeah yeah and war implies good guys and bad guys and, exactly. and, and things like that just yes. gives it that cohesion for in some cases people who aren't hurting anybody but themselves right. um, and uh, it's really interesting and it's a show that gave me a lot of pause made me think because i live here in suburban st louis about 10 minutes from ferguson and i remember when Michael Brown was shot, and the protests yes. that erupted here—that kind of started that whole catalyst in the country. Yes, uh, right around then, and uh, it was an experience uh, everywhere. You went into Walmart, there might be protesters uh, on both sides. You mm-hmm. know, it was—it was very much, and it was an us and them kind of scenario. It felt so much like, uh, and you could see that same mindset in "We Own This City."
1: Yeah, I'll say, and I might be going out on a limb here. Um, one of the one of the things that captivates me about this series is it really muddies the line between us and them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it get, it gets real deep quickly, and and because it's a deep show, and I just want to be careful to keep my own opinions out of it.
0: Yeah, right, I understand. But
1: I'll just, yeah, but I'll just say that that I I really appreciated that. Um, that it did that because we're living in a time of us and them and, and nothing productive can come out of that, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And you know, probably, probably the best quality of this show is that it sparks conversations. Uh, Exactly. You know, there's nothing you can do better than communicate with one another.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well,
0: in addition to that, I'm intrigued about the Brownstone class. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How that came together?
1: Sure, thanks for asking. So um, I'm sitting here, you're looking at me through the camera um, that uh, my partner, Adam Smith Jr., set up. Um, So I was teaching acting, um, I've been teaching acting for for about five years, really getting serious about it during the pandemic, um, but doing it on Zoom for the pandemic. And Adam, meanwhile, had bought enough gear to shoot a feature film. Uh, when the pandemic happened. So <laughs> he, called, he called me up. He's like, look, I got enough gear to shoot a feature film and you're teaching class. Maybe there's something, maybe there's a synergy there. So um, as soon as people started getting vaccinated, we got, we got together. And actually, even before people got vaccinated, we got together. I checked out the space. We, we started dreaming about what could be. And um, now we have a fully on-camera, on-set class. And I am in between classes today. Um, So, you know, my vision for myself is that um, I'll continue being a successful actor and and I'll have time to teach, you know, once a week, once a month, something like that. But in the meantime, uh, I just, uh, it took me so long to get to the shows that got me here. So, Emergence and then City on a Hill and um, Chicago Fire. And then um, finally, we own this city. It took me, it took me, that was a really long journey Um, and, because of it, I'm really passionate about helping actors through that journey. Um, basically, I feel like I can help them avoid a lot of the the, the pitfalls that I fell into.
0: How hard was that journey for you?
1: Uh,
0: or is that journey? I mean, I assume it's yeah, always a struggle. It's an,
1: ongoing, it's an ongoing thing, right? I'll say, for me, there was never a back door. There, I, This is what I was doing with my life. Um, I was going to be an actor, whether, whether it, you know, quote worked out or not. And I put quotes around that. Cause what is working out? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it gets really, <laughs> it gets real theoretical real fast, but it's all important <laughs> anyway. Um, but, but, um, there was never a back door for me. And I, I, I have a little, uh, chip on my shoulder when I hear, um, famous actors say, yeah, I don't know if I would have stuck with it if I didn't make it in 10 years or in five years, you know, Um, well, well then, well, then how about just don't do it and leave it for those of us who really want it. (laughs) That's right. Then why (laughs) are you there at all? Yeah. It's the same
0: way with bands
1: who just, you know, I don't know. We
0: did three or four shows. Know. Next thing you know, we were signed to Capitol.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know. I just played this song, and it, like, got famous, man. I don't know. Like, dude, let's just spread the love. I'm, like, over here, like, sweating. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, I want to play a song. I'm going to play a song that's famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but, you know, it ha- it's a it's a journey. It has to be about um, – it, it, it takes a lot of – inner growth to stay in this business without imploding Uh, because even when you're making it you're getting you're getting hard knocks you're getting hit um so i would say especially when you're making it sometimes you're getting hit hard i believe that uh uh, and that's from me observing other people and listening to their stories that's not my story i'm doing well but i'm just saying that's what i've noticed you know um i love listening to dax shepard's podcast podcast. He talks about that a lot, you know. Oh, his
0: is great. Um, Isn't it great? I love
1: (laughs) it. He always talks about, you know, I thought, you know, I thought once I was successful, it'd be all and he got successful. And then there's always the next thing. And it didn't bring him happiness. And I've heard every actor at that level say that story. So um, and it's been it's been true for me. You know what? As soon as you make it, whatever, whatever that is, becomes the norm very quickly um and in a big hurry
0: and making it is always a step above where you are
1: that's it that's it
0: there's always a bigger film or a bigger stage there's you know uh it's something around the corner always ready to grab you
1: yeah um but so for me it's just been it's been as much a um an inner journey as an outer journey um I believe very much, I very much am connected to a spiritual life around this stuff, and um, it all works together. And at the end of the day, this is what I do, whether I'm achieving success on the outside or not. Nice. That's my short answer. Yeah. That's good. So,
0: with relation to the school, I'm, I'm, I'm told the way it's taught is a little different than what you see in some ex schools. So, you're talking about being on screen, on stage? Uh, or not on stage, but on screen
1: throughout the course? Um, So we have a camera set up here and it is different than any acting class I've ever been in. And I take pride in that. Um, Both of us have been burned by acting classes that we didn't like. And in my case, I've also had really incredibly positive experiences with acting classes. So I just took all the pieces I loved and made sure I'm not doing the things I didn't like and putting them all in one place. And so At the beginning of the class, we talked the business of acting because I find that's overlooked in most schools. So we talk the business of acting. What are we doing on the ground during the week to make our career happen so that we can actually work? In fact, one of the goals we mentioned on our website is um, we hope that you're busy working and can't make it to class. Um, Yeah. And uh, and from there, we go into working a little bit of mild script work, and then we go to shooting on camera. And... uh, and and I think what separates the coaching out from there is I'm not working one I'm not working one um, program for every student I'm not working one philosophy or, or approach or technique um, I have 20 years of experience um, and and coaching so I I think every student is different and every student needs a different approach so I, I see what's going on with them and I and I get in there and um and find whatever's going to work for them to bring them uh. Most fully to to the script as 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 I can, and and their unique personality to the script.
0: That's a that's a great lesson in education in general that not everybody learns the same. Some people can do a web class and be great. Others need that lecture or need to physically try something themselves to really wrap their brain around it. And I think it's cool that you're taking this 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 open kind of method approach to. Find what it is that will make people better.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. My partner would have a problem with uh, you saying that it was a method approach because it's not the method.
0: <laughs> I apologize. I apologize.
1: <laughs> no, but that's a common that's a common understanding. So it's definitely not the method here. Um, but but it's 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 a mix of everything, and it's whatever. And I have been through the method, so I can draw from that. Um, yeah. But um, it's a mix of everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. guess and that's I appreciate- probably what works best.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that about learning. Like I played piano growing up and um, I had a lovely teacher, but I I learned by ear uh, rather than reading the music. But for 10 years I, I was taught sight reading, uh, or, you know, reading the page and trying to play that way. And I, I just, I didn't like it. It was uh, a slog. I didn't like to practice. And yeah. when I stopped, when I stopped, um, going after an engineer, when I dropped engineering, I had a keyboard in my room that I wasn't using. And I thought, what if I just messed around and just played by ear? What could I, and I just started having fun. And I, suddenly I could pick up all these songs by ear. Suddenly I could improvise. And that's where that's where I started writing music and started enjoying, really enjoying the piano for the first time. Now, unfortunately I haven't touched it in like 15 years, but I couldn't play it today. But that, that yeah, those, those different learning styles, right? See, that's kind of how guitar
0: worked for me. At six years old, they got me a guitar teacher who gave me this god-awful Mel Bay book uh, that worked for people for many years. So I don't want to knock yeah. the Mel Bay book. But right. it's like, here's this book with uh, Buffalo Gals and Auld Lang Syne. And I wanted uh-huh. to be Eddie Van Halen. I didn't want right. to play that stuff. I didn't right. care if that's what I needed to do. And, yeah. uh, and for me, it was a lot of the same later on. I just started listening and kind of picking things up by ears. So it was interesting that you say that because it's it, awesome. It's it's all about loving what you're doing. I think. in the Yeah.
1: And get finding a reason to come back to it. You know, um, you're you're the interviewer here, but one thing I picked up on you that I really loved, and it's not a skill of mine, and I I hope you'll just talk a little bit about it. You yeah. said I, on your LinkedIn profile you said uh, one of your skills is becoming an expert about anything in an hour. Yeah,
0: I have I, always I, I said
1: fascinating
0: as a as a journalist. You know, I went to J Actually, my degrees in philosophy, minor in journalism, um, and the whole idea is I started out working for daily newspapers
1: Mm. and with
0: daily newspapers, you have no idea what the hell you're going to be writing about today or tomorrow. You know, you know, one minute I'm in here sitting with, you know, the city engineer learning about sewer flow rates and why we have to change pipe sizes. I don't know anything about that, but the job is to be able to take a good nutshell approach to do some research, whether it's online, reading past stories, talking to a few experts in a big hurry, you can kind of grasp enough of a subject to be able to talk about it in a reasonably educated manner. And, uh, and it's tricky. Uh, but it's the thing that makes it fun. I I enjoy having something weird thrown at me. You know, I've had, my career has been all over the place. I covered crime for years, politics, uh, small city government when I started out, uh, the healthcare industry, uh, Major League Baseball for four years. I covered the Cardinals. Yeah, I and saw that. I was a great job, <laughs> <It was laughs> the worst paying and most fun job I ever had in my life. Sure. And uh, but yeah, it was it was just all about you don't know what's going to come next. And uh, in the end, I feel like you know I've been doing this about twenty years now, and I feel like I'm left with a whole lot of useless little bits. I know just enough to get myself in trouble with a bunch of things. So expert is a stretch, but but, but it is what I say. (laughs) Because it's kind of what you've got to do. You've got to be able to talk to, you know, my job as a journalist is to go talk to that engineer. Let him jabber off all of the big words that I don't understand. Take good notes. Go sit down, figure that out, and put it in a way that someone else can understand from what I'm saying. I like to think of me as the buffer.
1: Right on. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you know.
1: um, i'm gonna use that phrase in my acting class and this will be a nice segue um is uh no just enough to get myself in trouble
0: yeah just enough to get myself in trouble yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh i always joke you know i'm one of a couple here at work who kind of when something goes wrong and no one knows what to do there are a couple of us that you reach out to and we're the most likely to be able to read some articles watch some videos and figure it out yeah, you know, I want you
1: on my team. That's awesome.
0: It's a blast. Uh, yeah. It is. I enjoy that end of things. Yeah. Um, something I I like to ask everyone, especially actors, how did COVID affect your plans and what you had going? I always look at so many shows that that like started in 2019, and I get so excited when I find them on Netflix or Hulu, and then I realize there's never going to be another season because it just kind of killed it.
1: Uh, yeah. Um. So. For me, um, it was, yeah, it was less about there not being work out there because actually there was. And I and I shot an episode of City on a Hill during the pandemic. And I, Uh yeah, I think I shot, I think I shot Emergence during the pandemic. That was right, maybe right before um anyway th- there was there was some work you know there's a few months where there was no work obviously and and it obviously things slowed down i just want to acknowledge that but to say that for me that's where it got uh really spiritual if i may i don't know who i'm yeah. talking to do you, do you have a spiritual life or is that all just
0: what,
1: i do what, yeah uh,
0: you know i grew up very christian and while i've i've kind of strayed to that i very much have a sense of being that I care a lot about in more of a, I would say more loosely spiritual than in terms of, of what I believe today, but yeah, but it's still there. I mean, that, that compass that you had as a young person is kind of, it's kind of stayed and there's still things and values that I hold very dearly.
1: Awesome. So I had a very similar experience. I grew up very Christian. I stopped going to church when I was 28 and that was a tough decision. It felt like I was like going to go to hell. And then yeah. I found my own, I found my own um, definition of spirituality and, and anything that I can't see or tangibly feel what yeah. that means to me. Um, so anyway, I just want to get on the same page before I talk about that. Um, but so for me, I'll, I'll talk about it another time. Um, when I, when I, uh, sprained an ankle, couldn't go to work, couldn't, couldn't do anything and it was pretty rough and I got pretty depressed and I just during that time, I thought, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to fight about this and like pout and like throw tantrums? Or am I just going to settle in? I just settled into that time. It was about a three-week time. Um, and uh, and I found that I was actually OK. And the pandemic was much like that. Like everything obviously slowed down. My world became very small. Um, I you know, I would go for really long walks and, and I could, I also injured my back right before the pandemic. So I actually couldn't even move that well. And that's a big part of my life. So I was just going on long walks, uh, listening to podcasts, uh, connecting with others on the phone and zoom. And, um, and I just kind of, Came into kind of acceptance around that, um, almost to a fault. Where when things started moving again, I wasn't ready to move. <laughs> you know, I'm Same. like, I think I'm okay. Like, <laughs> you know, I think I've found my peace. <laughs> I found my peace. I found my purpose. I'm really good at doing nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, unless you work
0: from home, and then you find out that your day doesn't change at all. <laughs>
1: Well, that became a thing quickly. That be there was yeah. a time when I wasn't working and then there was a time when I was and am working from home and now in person both. So, now it's a That's now what, it quickly became the exact opposite. Now,
0: that yeah. that blend is great though. A little home, a little office. You still get the social life you need. Yeah. But you also get a little more quiet time to work, you know.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: So Lucas, what else do you have in the works right now? What's uh Anything coming down the pipeline you can talk about yet?
1: Um, just some auditions coming up, but nothing specific. So I'm um, taking these interviews, teaching class, and working on my acting man and waiting for that next gig. Always waiting for that next one, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So, yeah.
0: where can our listeners go to keep up with what's going on with you, learn more about the Brownstone class?
1: Sure. A couple places. Uh, you can go right to my Instagram, Lucas J V E. And there, you'll also find a connection to um, the brownstone class, just that the brownstone class on Instagram. Um, and I'd love to see you there connect with me there. And uh, that's really the best place. Um, I All also right. have a website, my, at, which is my name.com. But okay. Um, yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, man. I so appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to chat today. This has been a lot of fun. I, I love the show and what you're doing. And uh, can't wait to keep an eye out see what you've got coming or, coming out next.
1: I really appreciate that, Corey. It's been so fun connecting with you. Uh,
0: everybody, please make sure to follow Innovation Tech Talks on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You know all of them. Where you Wherever you sit down and watch your podcasts and, live and listen to goofy guys like us. Uh, But that's about it, and I'd like to thank everybody for coming and watching today, and we'll see you next week.